Welcome to this edition of the Golf Central Podcast presented by Callaway Golf. I'm Lav. Rex is here too. And today, not going to lie, we're going to spend entirely too much time talking about the player impact program. They standing. What are you talking about? Rex, Rex, those standings were not supposed to be published by the PGA Tour, but oh, Mm. oh, they were published. They were published on Wednesday, March 2nd. Golf. Uh, we'll never be the same. We're going to break it all down for you. The surprises, the snubs, what it all means. Uh, and perhaps some early favorites for 2022, uh, whatever other tangents uh, we eventually get into. But first, Odyssey is the number one putter on the PGA Tour, and their new 2022 lineup is in stores now. Their new Trihot 5K is a blade unlike any other with a classic look and high forgiveness that you would typically find in a mallet. It's already a winner on the PGA Tour. The new 11 is reshaping the mallet and redefining performance with unconventional thinking and an all-new construction. Plus, the new Toulon design offerings are developed with an obsessive attention to detail, exacting precision, and tour-proven performance. Find your new putter now at odysseygolf.com. Rex, you have returned from a long day at the Bay Hill Club and Lodge, side of this week's Arnold Palmer Invitational. I'm sure on this pod, we'll eventually get to this week's Invitational. A very good field headlined, of course, by the world number one, John Rahm, and 2018 champion, Roy Mack. We also get into Bryson uh, not being there, the defending champion. However, the big news of the day, we cannot ignore it. We will not ignore it. It would be foolish to ignore it, was the PIP. The much-discussed, oft-maligned PIP was released on Wednesday. The standings, if you guys missed it, as first reported by Rex Hoggard on the Golf Central podcast presented by Callaway Golf, what was that, two weeks ago at Riviera? Tiger Woods did indeed win the PIP. He overtook Phil Mickelson probably largely because of that performance at the PNC Championship with Son Charlie. So Tiger Woods walks home with the $8 million first place prize as if he needed any more money. Uh, second biggest needle mover was Phil. He gets $6 million. Three through 10 was Roy McElroy, Jordan Spieth, Bryson DeChambeau, Justin Thomas, Dustin Johnson, Brooks Kepka. John Rahm and Bubba Watson, all of those players mentioned, walked home with at least $3 million. Rex, what was your initial reaction to the standings being released? A little vindication because I, I think it was last week, or you're right, maybe it was two weeks ago when I, I just kind of tweeted out after hearing from a couple of different players. You went viral. I did. I did. And that always makes you nervous because, you know, being out on that, on that news breaking ledge can be scary sometimes just ask the person who actually tweeted that phil had won and that tiger had finished second that was way back in december i I just think the the part that i found interesting this morning and the first interaction was a player coming out of the locker room at bay hill whose eyes get wide as soon as he sees me and and he makes a beeline to me pulling out his phone doesn't say a word starts scrolling through his emails and pulls up the email that he got from the PGA Tour because he wanted us to point some things out that if you go a little bit deeper and you sort of look at the boring nonsense that goes into all of this, it, it, it does kind of paint a, a weird picture. So the, the immediate one that I'll go to is Bubba Watson at 10. 
and you think, well, 10. Yes, one, that, one, that, one is, that one is definitely the biggest head scratcher. So, and here's the email that the tour actually sent to players and I got a copy of. So this is based on five different categories and so boring. I'm going to try to just to blaze through this because I know it could be absolutely mind numbing. But the five categories are Google searches, Meltwater mentions. I could explain it, but there's no need. Nielsen ratings, which is key here. It's kind of important. Your Q score and your MVP index. Still not 100% sure exactly what that is. And it gives the rank for each player. So, for example, Tiger Woods won. He was ranked first on tour in Google searches, first in Meltwater mentions, and first in Q score. He was 43rd in Nielsen ratings. That's the second lowest among the top 10. And that's crucial to point out because the Nielsen rating is the only thing that even remotely ties to how a player actually performs on the golf course. I have bored people with this before on this podcast. I don't want to do it again, but the Nielsen ratings is based on the idea that you only get Nielsen exposure when you're in the network coverage. So that means only Saturday and Sunday afternoon, and you pretty much always have to be close to the lead. Now, there are exceptions. There are going to be times when Tiger's probably playing in the future and is nowhere near close to the lead, and they're going to show him because he's Tiger. So that's interesting to point out that you would think the one place that Tiger would have ruled because I'll go to that last quarter and the PNC championship. And when he and Charlie were in the hunt on both Saturday and Sunday for that PNC title against the dailies, that that was network coverage. It was on a Saturday afternoon and he was definitely in the window. It was all they showed. So to get an idea, he only got, he ranked 43rd on tour in Nielsen ratings, but he was first in Google searches, first in Meltwater, first in Q score. What is all that pain? Give me that picture. Tell me what that means to you. First of all, I mean, that was a very long explanation when I said, what was your immediate reaction? Sorry, my sorry, immediate, I know. My immediate reaction was these things were actually published by the PGA Tour. Jay Monahan, the commissioner of the PGA Tour, as recently as the Tour Championship, said the results of the PIP would not be published. Now, conspiracy theorists will point out, as I'm sure they probably have on social media, check your Meltwater mentions, is the fact that the PGA Tour only publicized this potentially, because Phil Mickelson did not win, despite Phil's insistence on December 29th in thanking the, I believe he called them crazies, as well as his true supporters, that he had indeed won the player impact program. Are you suspicious at all regarding the motivations of the tour actually publicizing these standings when they said explicitly that they would not? For the grassy knoll, grassy knoll folks out there, uh, there is also a line in this email to players that the above process, which is essentially just the ranking, was independently verified by auditors from Grant Thornton. So if you had any doubt, just so you know, they did verify. Put your, tin, put your tin hat away. That's right. That this is this is true. I think there's something to be said for when Phil did this in December. I, I think you and I had this conversation on this very podcast that I was dubious because I understood that the Nielsen's were going to be a key part of this and that those only get published every quarter and there's a time lag behind it. The tour even said it was going to be, it was going to take about a month and a month and a half to be able to compile those and to get those into the list. So I knew that there was no way in late December Phil was going to announce. Now what he was probably told and I'm speculating here is right now you're projected to win, but a lot of things can change based on what happened obviously with tiger in that last quarter. And they did change quite a bit. Now, am I dubious based on what's going on with Phil Mickelson right now and the world of golf and with the PGA Tour and everything that he said in L.A. that blew that burned down every bridge, that burned down every house, that burned down every tour? Yes, I think you would be foolish if you didn't look at that and think to yourself, hmm, that doesn't make any sense. Like, well, he announced in 
December that he'd won, and now suddenly he ends up finishing second. Uh, yeah, I- I'm pretty dubious, and I'm surprised that the commissioner did decide to publish the list. I think he knew, he came to the conclusion, correctly so, that there were going to be those, like myself, who were going to find out that this was published and get a copy of it anyway. So it seems to me in their mind, they just came to the conclusion we might as well publish it ourselves. I got to say, regardless of their motivations, tip of the cap uh, to the PJ Tour for more transparency. That is something that players have been pushing for. That's certainly something that us in the media have been pushing for certainly since I've been in this game uh, nearly a dozen years now. More but I still don't understand this list. Is a good thing. I can I can give you the numbers. Okay. I still don't understand okay. this list. Well, that's a that's a different situation, Rex. At least we're getting like the results and we're seeing these category ranks. And let's okay, so let's let's well, break this we're down. We're not supposed in, to be seeing like, these category ranks. I, yeah, let's be clear. Like okay. I didn't publish well, these. Fair. I got these. That's fair. To, uh, uh, a, a tip of the cap to you. Let's let's break down Tiger Woods because I think so. When the when the pip was first. Uh, Re- un- unveiled the the planning for that with Eamon Lynch, our friend at Golf League, uh, was the first to publish kind of that that the pip was actually going to happen. I think a lot of people viewed this as merely a social media contest, right? Like, oh, if you have a bunch of funny tweets, then you're going to get paid eight million dollars. I think that's kind of how it was viewed. And when you look at these category, uh, at these certain categories, whether it's Google or Q School or MVP Index, I think it's definitely become less of a social media contest. And I think of it more as like a man on the street test where if you walk up to a random person and you ask them, do you know who Bryson DeChambeau is? And they say, yes, then you're probably going to be in the running for the pip. I think most golf, not even golf fans, sports fans, regular people would know who those top 10 players are. Maybe not John Rom, but I mean, he appeared, he was number three in Nielsen. He, uh, appeared in so many Google searches, probably because of so many uh, COVID issues that he had in 2021. But I think most of those people, right, a general sports fan or an everyday American would understand who that person is. That's kind of how I have come to view this. And so in that sense, looking at it through that lens, Tiger Woods is going to win the pip, not just in 2021, He's probably going to win it in 2022 after his savage tweet of Phil. And he's probably going to win it for the foreseeable future because he is the most recognizable golfer, regardless of whether he plays on the PGA tour. He did not play an official event in 2021. He did not play. And yet he was still number one in the pit. If he does, if he wins it in 2021, he's going to win it in perpetuity because that's just how this thing seems to have been engineered. And I think that's what they want. This is about rewarding the top players, regardless of their performance on the golf course. I don't think anyone has a problem with that. I was told by one player that this was a hot topic last week at the player mandatory meeting at PGA national. And I think every player to a man will tell you, why don't we just give the 8 million for first place to tiger every year and then move on. And why don't we just award the next nine or the first nine, whatever you want to call them, because Tiger Woods deserves this and more. I think the, the, the line that Pat Perez gave me a few weeks ago in Los Angeles was give him the $8 million, million and add a zero. And all of us feel the same way about that. I think where you end up on the index, and I wrote this column on GolfChannel.com, is you have a guy like Bubba Watson. And I'm not trying to pick on Bubba here. I know he's beloved. Bubba had know- two top tens in 2021. Uh, he well, he had three, first. But, but one of them was a team event. You're right. So he only had two individual top Rex, He was 51st in, in Nielsen. Tiger Woods played two days on the weekend 
at a it was better. father-son <laughs> hit and giggle. He had a better he had a better Nielsen rank than Bubba Watson. Now, well, it, what gets me is I we could I, so you have the first number one in the Nielsen ranks uh, on tour was Bryson. Number two was Jordan Spieth, and number three was John Rahm, as you pointed out, which means four, five, six, seven, eight, and nine didn't rank inside the top 10 uh, of the final pep. So think about that. So we have the top three and seven of those top 10 though, they didn't even sniff the money. They didn't even come close. Isn't that a problem? Yes. Yes. And and I think that's where the conversation is going to go from here. It's going like, to evolve. These need to, be, these need to be weighted. It just can't be like a, an average score. Well, and to, to put, to put Bubba in context. And again, please don't at me. I'm not picking on Bubba. I know how much everyone Rex, Rex, Rex went viral last week. I want him to go viral again. This time for all the wrong reasons. reasons. Uh, he ranked 23rd on tour in Google searches, 32nd in Meltwater, 51st, as you pointed out, in Nielsen's, 3rd in Q School, and then 1st in the MVP index. And this is the Q, one where – Q score. Q score, not Q school, but yes. Uh, sorry, Q score. <laughs> so I, I apologize. But the MVP index is where I find it fascinating because – and again, this is kind of based on how they define it. And that is defined as social media score that considers a player's reach, conversation, and engagement metrics. So what you essentially had is a player who didn't play well, certainly relative – to their own standards, a player who wasn't relevant for any other reason other than they engage with their fans on social media. And this is how I'm going to move the conversation forward. I'm not sure that's what we're looking for here. So I have to quibble with that. And I'm glad that you had a detailed explanation of what the MVP index was. Also irony of all ironies, Jordan Spieth was 19th in the MVP index. That is uh, by far his worst category rank. The MVP index was co-founded and developed by none other than his dad. Drumroll, please. Jordan Spieth's father, Sean. Uh, that is the irony of all ironies. Rex, I know you were not big on TikTok. I am not big on TikTok either. But after some uh, investigative reporting, that is where Bubba Watson is deriving nearly all of his, quote-unquote, engagement with fans. It's through TikTok. He is enormous on TikTok. And so that is why he was able to overcome what was by any metric, uh, a very subpar year on the PJ tour and end up being first in this MVP index. Now, if you say that this is about engaging with fans, these PJ tour players, which I think is an admirable goal, how Rex is Bryson DeChambeau seventh in MVP index, which is, as you mentioned, uh, all about engaging with fans and Tiger Woods is eighth. So Bryson DeChambeau, he's been extremely active on Instagram in particular with Twitch and all these other sorts of things. He answers fans' questions. He is living up in the comments. He's doing videos with fans. I mean, I, I got to give him credit. Like, he started his own content creation company on YouTube. Like, he might not be interacting with reporters over the past six months, but he's interacting with fans, I would say, in a pretty meaningful way. Tiger Woods... I'm not sure he's ever opened up Twitter. That savage tweet that was aforementioned where the quote-unquote whoops with a screenshot of Phil's tweet. You think Tiger was actually tapping that out? You think Tiger's ever scrolled through his mentions? You think Tiger's ever fired up Who do you, who do you think and, did that? Put on who who real... did that? Rob McNamara? I'm assuming, is that you're I'm, I'm, assuming, I'm assuming it was his right-hand man, Rob McNamara. If it was, uh, kudos to you, sir. Uh, that was extraordinarily uh, well played. And so if my point, Rex, is that how was Tiger eighth 
when there is virtually zero, he had zero interaction or engagement with PJ Tour fans in 2021, and yet Bryson's going above and beyond and doing everything possible. How can they be separated by one point? It doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, and I tried to dig in. I think I did this column a month or two ago and, and dig into each one of these categories and get an idea of exactly what it meant. And I requested an interview with Jordan's dad or whoever else at MVP was willing to sit down with me and explain this. They were not willing to sit down with me. I, I guess they felt like there was some proprietary stuff. But I did get an idea of the rest of them. And I did get an idea of how this is going to stack up. And you're absolutely right. If you look at the rest of them, Tiger Woods first in Google searches, of course, He's first on tour in Google searches. Who else are you going to just go to Google right okay. now okay. and type but, a T and an I and an auto fills every single time. But weren't they supposed to filter out the negative news yeah. from these Google searches? Well, there was basically until the end of the year, until the, I would say the last quarter when Tiger posted that. Well, what's the car crash negative video? That, that's what I wrote in my column. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. And my guess is it was not considered negative. How was that not negative? Happened? I mean, he was dude, in a car dude crash. Almost lost his, dude almost lost his life. He almost lost a leg. I mean, depending on – all right, write the story another way, journalists. Write the story that he heroically survived a terrible car crash and went on to compete again with his son at the PNC. Is that a negative story? I don't know that he did heroically survive there. I think there's a lot of questions about what actually happened during that crash. Well, and you're right. And the person that covered that in L.A. doesn't want to dig into that right now. All I want to dig into is right now on, <laughs> on Google. Are you, is, are you having uh, Cedar, Cedar Sinai flashbacks? Yes, yes. I don't want to go back there. I never want to go back there in front of that place. I, I, again, and, and I even kind of questioned Dustin Johnson at 7th. His, his social media. Oh, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna get into DJ. Yeah, it's so small. DJ. And, and ninth on tour in Google, fifth in Meltwater, 16th in MVP. I just don't know. And by his standards, he didn't have a good season. For the first time in 2014, he didn't win in this particular calendar year. Now going back over the course of the season, he didn't win the Masters at the end of 2020 in November. But he didn't win. I don't think he did anything entirely impressive. Certainly it was there's his, nothing. It was, his wor- it was his worst year in like seven years. Like it was a, it was a really, I would say, a bad year for Dustin Johnson, who began 2021 at world number one. And I went wading through his Twitter account and his Instagram account just to see. And it's all ubiquitous. It's it's plugs to tournaments and plugs to sponsors. There's nothing original there. There's nothing. No, there, there's was, no... there, was a, there was a great tweet on uh, that, that came out this, this morning that was essentially a screenshot of, like, Dustin's eight tweets. It just said, like, excited to get going with a screenshot of him, you know, at, at, at Hilton Head or Memorial or – uh, a WGC event. Like it was the exact same. I'm excited to get going. Can't wait every to time. play. Let's, yeah. let's, let's go do this. Like the exact same thing every single time. And, and look, former world number one major champion. I, I am not dismissing either Dustin Johnson or Bubba Watson or anyone else on the list. I'm dismissing the list because there clearly is no sensible rhyme or reason to however this is being compiled. We can all start with Tiger Woods at number one. This feels just like the world ranking was years ago when people were questioning it. And look, if you got number one right, everything else was right. Well, no, not necessarily. Tiger was one, but let's work our way from two to 50 and see how we feel about it. And if you start it with Tiger at one, which we can all say, yep, I get it. And with that one savage tweet from either Rob or Tiger Woods, I think he won it again next year. Like, I would just give him the 8 million or 10 million for 2022, but let's go two through 10. And I'm not 100% 100 sure 
that you identified the best players in this particular case. I, I pointed to Patrick Cantlin. He won three times on the PGA Tour. He was the player of the year. He was a hero at the Ryder Cup. He is, by his own admission, someone who has no interest whatsoever in social media. However, he's turned into someone who you and I, who carry notebooks and microphones, want to talk to. You're doing an elaborate piece for him that's coming up in a few weeks. And yet he's not anywhere. I guarantee you he probably didn't even sniff the top 10. There's something wrong with that. Colin Morikawa, uh, who he has said himself was number 11, uh, to me is the biggest head scratcher because how can you have John Rahm ahead of Bubba Watson, but Colin Morikawa was not. In fact, Colin Morikawa appeared on more weekend coverages than Colin Morikawa because Colin Morikawa had more victories in 2021. I would certainly assume, and I think it was actually a bit of a surprise, John Rahm's Q scores, I believe that is what popularity or how people are viewing you. In, in That's kind of, of the man on the street. To your yeah, point, like I think you called it man on the street. Uh, yeah. Man on the street, and if I walked up to everyone and asked me, give me what you feel about John Rom. John Rom's 22. He's 22nd. That was super surprising to me. John Rom, I mean, he's he's become a favorite of us in the press tent, certainly. He's the number one player in the world. I think he's probably going to be the number one player, or at least in the top five for the foreseeable future. And he's 22nd? He's 22nd? He's tied with Bryson DeChambeau, which is another sort of head-scratcher? And, and I don't want to – if you look at all the indexes and you're clearly looking at the same graph, I am. The one that stands out to me is Meltwater Mentions. And I really could not have told you exactly what Meltwater Mentions were. It's defined in this particular memo as earned media. It's the number of unique news articles that includes a player's name. If you look at John Rom in this context, he's fourth on that list. And I can think to myself, yeah, that makes sense. If Tiger Woods is one, and let's face it, there was you know just a mountain – of, of stories and, and news articles that were written about Tiger, certainly in February with the car crash. And then again, later in the year when he made his comeback heading up to the PNC, but then just look down the rest of the list. Everyone except for Bubba Watson in that top 10 ranks inside the top 10 when it comes to meltwater. So my question is, I feel like the meltwater folks have got it right, at least in the context of what the tour is trying to accomplish. Why not just use that? Uh, I don't disagree with that. I think that's clearly a, a good indication uh, that that metric is, is working. And, and now that I kind of think of Google, I can just, like you said, like when you type in TI, like Tiger Woods is just going to naturally pop up on Google. He, he's, he's going to do that forever because people just type in Tiger Woods comeback, Tiger Woods return, uh, Tiger Woods masters, Tiger Woods Augusta National. Like we do it all the time when we're either writing blogs, doing features, like that's what the actual the casual fans going to do. Uh, I just sort of thought of that. And yes, like Tiger's going to be king in Google forever. Uh, one topic I did want to get into Rex. And I think it was really a storyline that dominated 2021 was Brooks and Bryson. And everyone kind of had their suspicions that maybe this isn't, they clearly did not like each other. I don't want to uh, discount that fact. But perhaps they were even playing up their feud a little bit to to juice their social media numbers to either improve or uh, perhaps tarnish uh, the other's Q score. And yet, after really dominating, I would say, GolfChannel.com and other golf uh, outlets throughout the course of the year, Bryson was fifth and Brooks was eighth behind both Justin Thomas and Dustin Johnson. So I think reflecting on what we've seen over the past year was it worth it was the brooks bryson stuff that pseudo feud was it all worth it if they're 
quote unquote, only collecting $3.5 million for it. But you're assuming that, and again, I put the conspiracy hat on here. You're assuming that they manufactured this. That's Tito, by the way. Tito, Tito, what are you, what are you saying, pal? He's okay. not happy whatsoever. Uh, however, you're assuming that this that it was manufactured. I'm not 100% no, sure. No, I'm not, it was I'm manufactured not from the it. start. From the start, no. I think there's a I think there is and there was a genuine dislike between those two players. However, as we saw with the match which unfolded in November, they soon realized that they could monetize their animosity towards each other. Let me just put it that way. Yes, and then whatever happened at the Ryder Cup, I think it becomes silly by then. So we've all moved on. But to your point, I think this is another reason to look at that list and be a little dubious because I don't know if there was a bigger story in golf, at least in my mind. You can look at what happened with Tiger those last two months and and make an argument. But Bryson and Brooks dominated the headlines, maybe for all the wrong reasons. And maybe this is that example of what you asked about earlier. Are they filtering out what they consider negative and that creates another question that creates even a greater void about what we don't understand about this. Did you get rid of some of this interaction between those two? Because you felt like that it was not flattering to the PGA tour. And if that's the case, then you're making arbitrary decisions over a lot of money, basically. Right now, in this particular case, it was the difference for those two of 3.5 million and $3 million, but you can make an argument that maybe Bryson and Brooks deserve to be in that certainly not the $8 million category of winning it, but I would argue that in the six million category of finishing second. Yeah, like I would have thought, I would have thought that Bryson would have been third. I think Tiger, for the reasons we've stipulated, made a lot of sense. Uh, Phil, not just with his social media engagement with fans, uh, but certainly his PGA Championship victory. Yeah, sure, he he made sense uh, at number two. But I thought, I thought twenty twenty one was dominated by Bryson. If you're looking to identify the biggest needle movers. In the sport in 2021, love him or hate him, everyone had an opinion about Bryson. When he was in contention, and quite frankly, it wasn't all that often uh, in 2021, he was must-see TV. You wanted to see what he was going to do next. Was he going to cut off the lake at Bay Hill? Was he going to collapse on the stretch at the U.S. Open? Was he going to uh, try and kick out fans who were cheering Brooksy at him? Was he going to drive a green uh, on the first hole at the Ryder Cup. I mean, he's he was must-see TV throughout the entire year. Twitter was a buzz when he had his uh, controversial COVID remarks. And you're telling me he's fifth behind Jordan Spieth, who doesn't have any sort of organic engagement on social media, and Roy McIlroy, who literally has said that he does not uh, do Twitter uh, anymore. To me, that's a little bit of a head-scratcher. And then you start thinking about, are they being too subjective with some of their filters. Well, and then you look at the idea that Bryson finished first on tour in Nielsen ratings, which does not jive with what he did from a competitive standpoint last season. He wasn't in contention every Saturday and Sunday last year on the PGA tour, obviously at Bay no, Hill. Those, those guys were John Rahman, Kyle Morikawa, and Patrick Cantlay. Yes. And so that to me is fascinating about that's more of a decision that producers in a truck are making more so than what golf guys are doing on the golf course. The, the guys who are actually competing and trying to win I mean, titles. That's, that, that's the old, that's the old tiger thing. When he was T 37, you know, we're still seeing every shot of him when, you know, for a long time, golf fans were kind of upset by that or criticizing that saying, Hey, let's sh- show us the guys who are actually in contention for the title and not just tiger all the time. 
and I don't know what this means, my interpretation of it, and this could be wildly wrong. Again, I don't I pretend to understand exactly what all this means, but he finished 22nd in Q score. And my general understanding is Q score is kind of a popularity contest. If you ask the man on the street, do you like Bryson DeChambeau? And in this particular case of the top 10, he was the most disliked alongside John Rahm. He had 22nd on the list. Isn't that surprising? So, so does, does that mean John Rahm is unpopular? Does that mean people don't know who he is? What does that mean? Uh, in, in Bryson's case, I interpret that as being unpopular because we've talked about this before. I've polarizing. seen crowds polarizing. Polarizing. Right. But, and, and look, we saw it last year at Bay Hill, so it's a good time to bring it up. What he was doing to this golf course was absolutely amazing. We were all mesmerized by it. And we were all watching. However, I, I, the crowds that I saw at Bay Hill watching him last year weren't the same crowds that watched Tiger Woods. In Tiger Woods' case, they wanted to see history in the making. They wanted to see greatness. With Bryson, and again, this is not an indictment on him, but more what he represents. It more feels more like they're watching the bearded lady. It does not feel like they're watching something special. It feels like they're watching a circus act and, oh, okay, let's go see him hit a 400-yard drive and then go to the beer tent. That's what it feels like more for Bryson, and that's what the Q score, Q score indicates to me. You almost did it, it again. Is, you almost did it again. Uh, what sort of surprises – or not, not, not surprises – how about guys who didn't crack the list that you thought would? Uh, well, I was talking with Ricky Fowler yesterday when I kind of got a rumor that this was going to be breaking this morning. So I just sort of randomly asked him, well, where do you stand on the list? Because the way this has worked is a player or an agent can call the tour and ask, okay, where is my player on the list? And they'll tell them that they're at 40th. They won't tell you who's in front of them, who's behind them, or the score or how, how it actually works, but they'll tell you where you are on the list. So I just kind of randomly, I kind of assumed that Ricky was not going to be on the list, not because I'm sure his Google and, and his Meltwater mentions and his Q score were through the roof, but he just hadn't played well. And the only time that we we talked about he played better than he played better than Bubba Watson did. He did, and that, that was kind of my point in my column. He won the because, CJ Cup, and again, based on just what corporate America seems to think of Ricky Fowler, he seems to be wildly popular. So I would think he rates much much higher than 22nd on the PGA tour and Q score. So I, I didn't quite understand when I asked him, he goes, I have no idea. And I go, no, I'm not asking you if you're in the top 10. I'm asking if you have any idea or if you've even been curious to see where you land. And he did not. And so that led me to believe that his agent probably asked and felt like there's no reason for me to tell Ricky this. Like he was very, very far out of the mix. The rumor was that Colin Morikawa finished 11th. I don't know if that's accurate now, because that was based on, information from December based on the same reports that had Phil Mickelson winning. So I don't think that's accurate, but he was close, which leads me to believe that, okay, then there was something in his particular makeup that he, he, he didn't have. So clearly the Nielsen rating was probably very, very high based on the season he had from a competitive standpoint, but something else was hurting. And I just don't know what it would be. I mean, he's not wildly active on social media, but he's active enough. I was utterly shocked by Ricky, to be honest with you. Because if if you're looking at that Q score, and that's supposed to be the man on the street test, like everyone knows who Ricky Fowler is. He's ubiquitous uh, during weekend coverage, perhaps if he's not playing because he's appearing in so many commercials. He's extremely active on social media. He's engaging with fans. Uh, he is incredibly popular. And when he does get in the mix, like, we get excited. Golf fans get excited. Like 
Every, I think everyone in golf wants to see Ricky Fowler do well. So the fact that it was Bubba Watson uh, who ended up sneaking inside the top 10 and not a player like Ricky Fowler uh, to me was very surprising. Some of the other now, criticisms. Well, no, and it, it needs to be pointed out when it, when it comes to Bubba Watson, he also published a book called up and down towards the end of last year. And he so went if, on. A so, book. If Kyle, so if, so if Colin Morikawa goes on a book tour in 2022, he's a lock. Not necessarily Bubba's book was, and I will give him credit on this. It, it was an interesting look at mental health and how it impacts a professional golfer, which is something that you and I have written about and talked about for a long time. So I think it struck a chord with a certain, certain segment of the audience and that clearly helped him. Okay. Fair point. Okay. Uh, <laughs> fair point. Uh, a couple other surprises, maybe not surprises. And I'm kind of curious your thoughts, Max Homa, Joel Damon, Harry Higgs, everyone's favorite golf tweeters, uh, nowhere to be found in the top 10. You could have really, you could have made a good argument, Rex, for Max Homa. He was a two-time winner in 2021, playing the best golf of his life inside the top 50 in the world. Obviously, we know all about his Twitter prowess, his roast your swings. Uh, he's if you don't follow him, uh, first of all, what's wrong with you? And second of all, uh, I'm sure you are enjoying that. I mean, he's as engaging as it comes with fans, but I guess you kind of need to get out of the Twitter echo chamber and realize that maybe the man on the street still doesn't know, unfortunately, who the Max Homas and the Joel Damons and the Harry Higgs of the world are, which I think is probably a large reason why they agree to do this Netflix show because they want to expand their brand outside of the Twitter diehards like us and maybe reach people more like our, our parents who, who, who are, you know, sports fans generally, but perhaps not as intimate with the 35th ranked player in the world. Speaking of the Netflix show, I am tired of tripping over those guys already. Those people oh, already. I'll, I'll, I'll say it that space, way. I know it's man. Give us some space. It's like an army of them. I used to say that about the PJ tours, social media army. I mean, there's 20 of them who sit in the back, of the media tent, but they're, I mean, they're harmless. They got a job to do. I understand it. But the Netflix people are like, they're aggressive. They have, they have big, heavy, expensive cameras. And I'm not going to lie. They're just, they're just a little pushy. And it sounds condescending when I refer to those people. However, I tried to do multiple sure interviews in Los Angeles in here with those people over my shoulder. And that's not an easy way to do my job. Our job it's kind of complicated because you're trying to get people normally to talk about things that they probably don't want to talk about to begin with. And now you put a cameraman and a crew of 15 around you in this quote unquote intimate moment, it's not going to work out well. So I, I wish them the best. I absolutely loved the formula one series on Netflix. I, it, it made me fall in love with formula one racing. I, I thought you guys did a great job. Get out of my wheelhouse, get out of my sandbox. I'm tired of you being in my sandbox. I'm finished. I was told this was supposed to have a small footprint. Uh, no. I believe that was the exact terminology. Small footprint, aka that's a small foot. That's a small on footprint our, on our day-to-day operations. Small footprint. To answer your question, I am curious. So the MVP index is supposed to be about social media engagement. My understanding of it, again, not very good, but that's my understanding of it. For Bubba Watson to win that, and to TikTok, your point, baby. well, and but to your point, to see what Max Homa does. On a day in and day out basis, he doesn't ebb and flow he's, on this. No, he is he's he's relentless. I mean, it's a it's a it's a craft, and and he enjoys it. And I don't know that many do enjoy it the way he does. 
I, I am shocked by that. Not not that he's not in the top 10, because I think, to your point, there are a lot of things at play. I think the man on the street, the Q sco- score thing, probably doesn't work well for him. And you did point out he won twice. One of them was sort of a lesser event. I, I would think he got good exposure in L.A., but I don't know that there was anything else that was going to push him over the he top. He won in Napa. He won in Napa and L.A. I would say, well, Napa's a fall no, event, so I'm not no quite love, sure. No love for the Fortinet. Uh, I do enjoy Napa. I covered that event a few years ago. It's a, it's a wonderful event. They've turned it into a big party, not quite Scottsdale, but a good party. However, I am I, I, over the moon the fact that Harry Higgs responded with to Joel. No, it was Joel Damon who responded to Harry Higgs. Maybe we need to dance around shirtless in the future. <laughs> After I was told that they're going to be fine for that antic in Scottsdale a few weeks ago. So I just love the fact that they're leaning into it. And I also can report, and this is me doing the best me that I being the best me I possibly can. I did text Jim Herman to make sure that uh, he did get his results. And he uh, confirmed to me that he's, he didn't finish inside the top 50. So he gave his best chance. The top 50, the top 50. <laughs> Oh True my story. gosh! I mean, there. I, I will say there. There may have not been a uh, monetary payoff for the Homas and the Higgs and the Damons and the Hermans uh, have to really have entered this social media fray. But as golf Twitter lovers uh, and users, uh, we thank them for their service. We hope they are not discouraged, and in fact, I hope they just ratchet it up uh, to try and uh, claim at, at least a, a at least a, a, a three mil. Uh, prize for 2022 that's that's the only thing uh we can hope for this year rex i think we've probably spent probably too much time too much uh, time. on the pip but i feel like there was a lot to discuss i mean that was the news of the day we've got other avenues that we can talk about this week's arnold palmer invitational looking forward to seeing the coverage which begins thursday on golf channel on the weekend on nbc you and i will be reunited again next week live and in person uh, for the Players' Championship. That's going to be, Rex, a very busy week. We're going to have some dinners. We're going to have a Hall of Fame induction ceremony, including uh, one Mr. Eldrick Woods. And, of course, we are going to have the fifth major. Uh, I wanted to ask you about what's on your grill this week because you sent me, I believe it was a Snapchat, or it may, may have just been a, a straight-up picture, uh, picture text, the ribs. You finally did ribs on the pit barrel cooker how did they turn out because they looked just unbelievable i want to be so careful here from an advertising point of view because i don't want to box anyone out because certainly we, we love all potential advertisers at the golf center podcast presented by yes Cowley sponsor golf. sponsor us sponsor us. however segments that was that was stupid easy how easy that was and they came out and, and it was relatively quick i think i went uh three hours total all in and it was easy and they were better than anything I had made before. And I actually, it was, it was three racks. And so two, I just kind of kept dry. And then the third one I put back in after I kind of slathered it with my favorite barbecue sauce. And, uh, and it was unbelievably good. And I think I might start doing that more in the future. So easy. And the next day I did uh, tri-tip steak and we did tri-tip tacos uh, off the, off the pit barrel. And, uh, and I'm a convert, big fan. I mean, folks, if you do not have a drum smoker, I'm not even saying you need to have the, the pit barrel cooker, although pit barrel, uh, uh, kudos to you uh, for putting out a great product. I have the gateway drum, like the gate, any sort of drum smoker cuts the cook time basically in half. Most people, when they cook 
ribs, Rex. It takes, let's call it four to five hours, right? Like five, five hours. hours. Yeah. It, it almost takes five hours. You're saying it takes three. Uh, I've cooked ribs before uh, and about two fifteen. like it just cooks it quicker for whatever reason. So if you don't want to sit around a smoker all day, tending to a fire, get yourself a drum smoker, the flavor that comes off those uh, with the juices and the fat rendering and dripping down the hot coals and then coming back up to flavor the meat is unparalleled. You cannot get a better product than off a drum smoker. I think if, nah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that. It's my, it's my favorite. If, if I want to make something good, if I want to impress guests, family, whoever uh, happens to be over, I will use my drum smoker because I think that is the best food that I can produce. I did that uh, over the weekend. My mom uh, came and visited. We, she, was, she was dying. She was hankering, Rex, uh, for some chicken wings. And so I fired at the drum smoker. We made chicken wings, uh, and it was terrific. Now, gun, gun to my head, yeah, I'm going to use my, my $2,300 smoker. Because uh, you have to. Because if, if your wife finds out you're I not using your twenty three hundred dollars smoker, <laughs> I see what's happening there. Yeah. She's gonna she's gonna throw me in the drum smoker. Uh, and then well, and I didn't even it. tell you this, and and I guess I should have before now. So you're just now getting this news. So Monday night of Players Week, um, the Argentine Golf Association is having an asado, which is a Argentine barbecue, at, at a house in Ponte Vedra that I've been invited to. I'm taking you with me. That we're is, doing this as a team. That is ironic uh, because my birthday is coming up. It's on Master Sunday, actually, uh, coincidentally enough. I'm looking at getting a uh, Santa Maria grill and or uh, an Argentine uh, type, Argentine style grill. So perhaps uh, I can get some pointers. Uh, perhaps they can point me in the right direction of what my next grill purchase was going to be. That's actually a little bit demoralizing, Rex. I was going to invite you over to the house. On Monday, it seems like we're going to have a team dinner on Tuesday. We obviously have a Hall of Fame induction ceremony on Wednesday, Thursday through Sunday. Uh, you and I keep very long hours uh, doing both TV and writing for GolfChannel.com. I was going to invite you over on Monday. I thought we were going to grow right. out in the backyard, have some All beers. Right, I'll blow off the Argentines to hang out with you. You're, you're the team. I got to no. see the new house. I've got to, yeah. I, 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 I want to go tooling got around the neighborhood. diapers to change. The, yeah, yeah, that sounds we got fun. The, we got the golf cart. Um, yeah. Yeah, we were gonna we we're gonna do that on Monday night, but now I feel like I've been supplanted by by the Argentines. This is the first I've heard about it, so I don't know if that that's fair. That that, that, that doesn't seem fair. That doesn't seem fair. I'm really putting you on the spot on that one. You really um, are. Yeah. All right. Well, we have to circle back. Uh, perhaps maybe next week we'll do uh, the Golf Central podcast presented by Callaway Golf live from my backyard. Not sure how this not sure how the cell signal uh, is out there, but I can promise you uh, the the food will be tasty and the beer. Uh, will be very, very cold. Uh, for all of Rex's reports this week from Bay Hill, make sure to check it out on golfchannel.com. And since we spent like 40 minutes talking about it, uh, I would encourage you to read uh, the column that he just wrote that just dropped on the website as well for all things PIP. But thank you guys for listening to this edition of the Golf Central Podcast presented by Callaway Golf. We'll talk to you guys next week, maybe from my backyard.